Good morning again, Chorus Church. What a week does to a person. I tell you, last week my wife and I, we rolled in here cold turkey going, okay, God, would you have us come to this church to be a part of this body and lead this body or not? And I sat up here and I didn't know one person really. But now I know a lot of you. And for those of you I haven't got a chance to get to know, could you please greet my wife and I afterwards? I want to get to know who you are. But uh, we uh, have had a fabulous week here in the Temecula Marietta area and with Chorus Church family. And uh, we are wore out. It's emotionally engaging when you come and spend time like we have. But it's been a thrill. It's been a joy. Uh, my wife actually is so wore out, she's leaving me today. No, that's not why she's leaving. We actually have children back home that somebody really ought to be taken care of. And uh, our uh, Melissa's mom has been helping with that some, and our 17-year-old's been trying to juggle some pieces and help. But uh, she is heading back today. My son Ryan, who is a junior at APU, will be driving her back and dropping her off at the Ontario airport afterwards. So she won't be at uh, the Rushton's tonight or at the Axines tomorrow. So if you want to specifically say hi to Melissa or send her on her way with some blessings. I'll see her afterwards. But we've had a great week. This, this is just a good church. And uh, we have had a joy of being here. We um, uh, will be heading back. And uh, we've been in a process of, uh, when we left our church, it was actually, believe it or not, I didn't mention this first service. It was, I better not think about this. I might start crying now. But uh, it was a year ago today uh, it was the last time I preached at the church that we pastored and shepherded for 20 years in a transition there that God um, was keeping us safe with. And so we um, have been on a journey for a year. Now, when I transitioned from there, Eagle Church on the northwest side of Indianapolis in Indiana, we uh, felt that we needed to just spend some time shutting down, taking some time away, and we did that. And I reengaged in my studies, um, some doctorate of ministry studies at Fuller Seminary out here in California. I've been out here some. So... We um, have just been waiting on the Lord, and uh, we've been looking at some different places and uh, um, had the invitation to come here, and we just really felt good here. So you just need to know that. And uh, we're going to go back, and uh, just as surely as the leadership team here is going to spend some time thinking, and you guys have been praying, we're going to go back and spend uh, some days doing that. I don't know, seven, ten days, something like that. But we'll, it, 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 we, we've said this, and, and it's true, and I know it's your heart as well. We only want to be where the Lord wants us to be, and you only want a pastor uh, that the Lord wants to be shepherding and leading and, and being a part of your guys' life, right? So we all want the same thing. And uh, just continue to pray as you have been praying. Our prayers are with you as uh, you transition church. Yay, nay, whether we come or another person, that kind of thing. These are tough days because you're living life in the question mark, like we said last week. And so that's all good. But we've, uh, we've been uh, having a really rich week and uh, looking forward uh, to another time in the Lord's presence here this morning. And we're going to be talking about this some. I really believe Jesus meets with us in a unique way corporately when we come together. You know, last week um, I shared on uh, one consuming passion. And that consuming passion is what's on our scoreboard. You remember that? I know there's not a scoreboard there. I sort of make believe there's a scoreboard there, right? And the consuming passion is what? To know Christ and to make him known, all right? 
And um, I didn't know what I'd speak on the second week, but I decided uh, from last week that I just want to take what we talked about last week and turn it a few degrees and focus on not just the to know Christ part that came out of the Philippians 3 passage, but the um, to know Christ and make him known, the second part, and how do we go about doing that. And last week we dove into that Philippians 3 chapter there, and I shared and quoted from that. Um, my wife said, you know, you probably need to let those people know that you don't do that every week. Uh, and I said, well, yeah, I don't, uh, that kind of thing. But the, the reason, and uh, the reason, and I mentioned it last week, the quoting of Philippians 3 and just to let the word come alive to us, to speak to us. And um, sometimes what happens, I think, in evangelical circles is we, we have been given this word to study, and we need to study it well. And it's one of the beautiful privileges we have uh, in this era of Christianity. They didn't have that in the first century, all right? And so in your small groups you're signing up for, study God's word, and study God's word on Sunday morning. But sometimes, because it's the Word, we end up being over the Word, and we're deciding what the Word says. Or we're maybe sometimes putting into the Word that's not really said. But in the early days, right, they didn't read Scripture because they didn't have copies of it. They had big scrolls, right? And so you would go to churches, synagogues, and they would sit underneath the voice of Scripture. All right? So you would hear Scripture. And sometimes it's just good not to have our nose in the book or up on a slide, but to let the Word of God be spoken as a voice into your life. And a little bit, I, I want to um, uh, um, speak the voice of Scripture into your life again, this time out of the Gospel of John from the New American Standard Version. So I hope I can remember it well enough today. But there's just this desire in my life to see the Word become alive and the Word to be authoritative. And for us not seeking to try to control the Word, or pull out of the word, maybe that's not, not there, but to really let the voice of God speak into our life through his word. You got that? I, I don't mean to say that study's not good or reading's not good. That's all part of it. But I'm just learning in my life. I want the voice to speak to me. So, like, one of the things I do as a spiritual discipline is I listen to scripture, all right? And whether that's an MP3 or a CD or that kind of thing, let me listen to scripture, and let it be a voice into my life as well as, as me being there. So we're going to do that in a little bit. But I tell you what, I'd like us to pray. And I would like us to just um, invite the Lord's presence. But we really don't need to invite the Lord's presence because he's here and he's really inviting us into his presence. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we come to you this morning. To be affirmed, to be encouraged, but Lord, also to be instructed. So may we listen to your voice. We love you, Lord, for Melissa, Ryan, and I, as we've got a chance to know this church family this week. We thank you for your presence in Chorus Church through the years. And we just ask, Lord, that you would um, allow this morning to be an ongoing time of healing, renewal, and inspiration not according to anything that we would do, Lord, but because your presence is here and you are leading us. So, Lord, anything that's of you this morning, may you brand it on our hearts. Anything that's not of you that may be spoken, may it dissipate and soon be forgotten. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.
And this is the witness of John the Baptist. When Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed, and he did not deny, and he confessed. He said, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. And they said then to him, Well, who are you so that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He answered, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him and said to him, Then why, why are you baptizing? If you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor one of the prophets. And John answered them saying, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Now these things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. And I did not recognize him, but in order that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. (laughs) And John bore witness, saying, And I beheld the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water is the one who said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John, with two of his disciples, looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples who heard him speak followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and beheld them following and said, "Uh, What do you seek? And they said to him, "Uh, uh, 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 Rabbi, which translated means teacher, um, uh, where are you staying? (laughs) And he said, Come. Come and you will see. They came, therefore, and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Christ, which translated, which is the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas. The next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee. And he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip. Philip went and found Nathanael and said, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael was like, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Jesus 
he saw Nathanael coming and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. And Nathanael said to him, well, How do you know me? And Jesus said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, saying, Because I said that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I don't know about you guys, but there's some times in Scripture that I would just like to have been there. And when Jesus started his public ministry, the baptism, the dove, the voice from heaven, and then he launches into what he's doing, I would like to have been there. I mean, he sort of knew the people, right? Some of them, but a lot of people didn't know him, and it was like sort of cold turkey. I was thinking, you know, it was like coming in here last week. Hi, everybody. The interesting thing is I don't find Jesus getting up in front of a crowd. He definitely didn't, you know, sign up with a political party and get commercials going and signs in the yard, right, all that stuff. He didn't do that. He just started going around, tapping people on the shoulder and saying, come, come and see. Come, follow me. And what did they do? They dropped their things and they started following you know, there's other versions and viewpoints of this of the calling of the disciples and, and, you know, when you were fishermen and come follow me, be fishers of men, list that scripture there on your text some. But um, it's, it's just an amazing thing to think about the beauty of the God of the universe come in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. That's how the, the, the chapter starts off, right? And here, this is the witness of John, John the Baptist. I guess he didn't look all that appealing, but man, he's out there making straight the way of the Lord, right? And he says, whoa, there's somebody coming after me. Thong of whose sandal I can't untie. This is the one I spoke of. This is the one. And then he just starts calling people, come, follow me. And that happened over 2,000 years ago. And it's still happening this very hour. Amidst all the world news, against what's happening or not happening on your job front, what's happening in the home, your health condition, it's still going on. The kingdom of God is advancing and Jesus is calling people to himself. I want to be a part of that. Get me in on that action. I want to know Christ, but I also want to make Christ known. I want to have one consuming passion to know Him, but I want to have a passionate calling. And that calling doesn't come from your employer. It comes from Jesus. I want you to know this first up, is that we are called by Jesus. We are called by Jesus Himself. Yeah, I, um, I hope you get in a small group, by the way. That's good. Jump in small groups, study word, get to know one another, pray for one another, maybe envision, pray how God can help you reach your community. But um, I, uh, I want you to know that this isn't about signing up for a program, for a study, 
or church attendance. This is about an incredible relationship with the one who created not just the universe, but created you. And he longs to be in a relationship with you. And if you ever get weary in the trenches of doing ministry, even not being a vocation ministry, you just got to crash back on this reality that I was picked by Jesus. Oh, the beauty of this. How sweet is that? I've been going there a lot in my life. Yeah, as you do sort of the mid-course correction life. Whoa, okay, what are we doing now? Indiana, California, that's a little different. <laughs> God lead us to be here. You know, I feel the same calling. Maybe it's in different places. But I've been starting to see, even just this week, and even others have been praying for me, some of the continuity of my calling in life. And it begins by just a refreshing reminder, I'm called by Jesus called by Jesus. And um, this week I had a had a chance to meet with Pastor Dave and his wife, Elena. My wife and I, we came to a church planners forum on Wednesday and uh, we walked in. I figured I'd get to meet some people, see some people I knew from um, Southern California area because I spoke here at the district a couple years ago. And, and I did. And uh, we arrived a little bit late, and I went to the food table late. And I was just right there, uh, back there where Jeremy is. And uh, um, I walked up, my head down, picked up my food, and I picked up and looked across the table on the other side, and the man was getting his food. And, and I said, I know this man. This is Dave Lenz. Not seen his picture. I've heard him preach on video. And I said, Dave, Carrie. Dave goes, you need me, Carrie Dave. <laughs> now you're going like, okay, doo -doo -doo -doo. is this an awkward moment or not? <laughs> it wasn't awkward at all. In fact, when Elena came up and embraced uh, me as well as Melissa, uh, we even mentioned that. So this is not awkward. Don't need to do this awkward that kind of thing. You know, they had been praying for us because they're praying for you as a family because this family has started here and. And uh, they're off looking at, you know, this next season of their life, what God has for them. But I thought, you know, the beauty, just one brother to another brother. God uh, has a calling on our life, all of our lives. And Dave and Elena were obedient to being called by Jesus to start Chorus Church. And um, we're here checking out if we're, you know, next man up kind of thing. And uh, I, it's just a kingdom deal. Even getting to meet some of you and hear about what you're doing, whether the church or in your workplace, we are called by Jesus. And it's one continuous thing that's happening through the kingdom of God, going all the way back. Well, the beginning of time, yes, when God created the world and he blessed the world and even called Abraham to be a blessing to other nations. But you continue all the way down to here's John the Baptist and in the rags that he was in, prepare the way of the Lord. Here's one who stands among you. Here's the one who steps out. It's Jesus. He says, come follow me. And we're in the same continuum of time. In fact, I was uh, thinking this week, and maybe this is true because my father passed away in March. I mentioned last week to you, you know, when you get to heaven, you know, I heard the, uh, the analogy of trying to get a grip on what time is like in heaven, you know. And you, you show up in heaven and you see someone from your family that maybe knew, like my dad or whatever, and I get to know. I say, Dad, give Dad a brace. And, and uh, 
uh, and he would say, man, when did you get here? And I'd say, I just got here today, Dad. And, and I'd say, well, Dad, when, when did you get here? And he goes, Terry, I just got here today, too. And then maybe you see somebody from uh, the scriptures, maybe the Apostle Paul, you recognize him, and you, you come, hey, Paul, I'm, I'm Terry. You know, I, I quoted some of your scripture back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty good stuff you wrote, you know. <laughs> I mean, this is where I have this imagery stuff going on in my head all the time. And, uh, and, and uh, he'd say, well, when did you get here? And I'd say, I got here today. And I said, well, Paul, when, when did you really get here? He said, I just got here today. And before you know it, you see a man that I, maybe they had name tags to begin with in heaven. I don't know, but there's Adam. And you walk up to Adam and you say, when did you get here? He says, I just got here today. Why? Because eternity, they say the closest you can get to experiencing eternity in this life is to live in the present moment. Because eternity is just infinite, continuous, present moment. C.S. Lewis said that. But the idea that we're sitting 2,000 years after the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Spirit of Christ is a fact, chronological earth year fact. But the reality that we are in this continuum of the kingdom's work and we're living in present time, today is the day of salvation, Scripture says. So today, as surely as yesterday, the next day, chronologically we think that way, but this season, this church age, until the Lord Jesus Christ returns, this is the day that we get to go around and do the work of Christ, that one passionate calling to make him known and to bring him to people just like Philip said, hey, Nathaniel, get over here. Really? Anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah, come, just come and see. And so we're inviting and interacting with people, and they're seeing the presence of Christ in you, both in action and in deed. But we're inviting them just as surely as what happened. At, and, and when you get a little worried that you don't have the, the stamina or the knowledge, don't go there. You're not calling them to come follow a bunch of information or all the answers. You're calling them to come check out Jesus. And Jesus, 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 the Holy Spirit is the one who is calling them. They will be called by Jesus too. Because he desires for all to be saved. So that's front and center. Scoreboard, to know Christ, to make him known. Jumping in, one passionate calling, to make him known. Know this, that you are called by Jesus, and he's not going to abandon you. The second thing is this, you're called to Jesus. You are called to Jesus. You're not uh, called to uh, church work. You're not called to a system. Uh, you are called to him as a person, and that's why we anchored there some last week, that whole thing, I want to know Christ and to make him known, right? In fact, I list for you a scripture, and you can take some time in your small groups this week to look at it, but Psalm 63, David, he knew about knowing God. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love, look at this line, your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. 
See, it all sort of goes together to know Christ and to make him known. As you're seeking to make him known, you're helping, you're being reminded, I'm called by Jesus, but I'm call, being called by Jesus, I'm called to Jesus. And you are called to this love relationship. And that's what you're turning around and encouraging other people to do. You're called into a love relationship. And Jesus is picking them. You know, we um, had a tradition growing up in my extended family, and I have quite a bit of extended family, uh, that on Thanksgiving we would have a big reunion. And this big reunion took place at an older church, a abandoned church, actually. It wasn't abandoned in a bad way, just they didn't have services anymore, out in the country in a cemetery yard area. Across from the road was where my grandparents used to live. And so we would show up there, and there would probably be 100 people that would come to this church on Thanksgiving. But the big thing we were all excited about, well, two things. They had bottled pop there that was in, uh, in a bunch of ice. I remember that as a little kid, right? And you just got to pick any pop you wanted. That's pretty cool. But uh, we went out and we played football. The guys did. And some brave ladies. And we played football, real football. There were no flags. There was no touch. This was head-on tackle football in the back of the cemetery. Now, as the years went by, the field got a little trickier. You know what I mean? More and more people dying. There's more tombstones you had to dodge. But there, there was this whole area in the back, and we'd line up there, and, and uh, my grandparents are buried in that cemetery to this day. And, and uh, I uh, um, wanted so bad to be picked early on when they picked teams, but I was one of the two little guys, young guys. Me and David, I remember. And so they would divide up teams. Some of you have been there before. It's like, okay, am I worth being picked or not? And then they get down to the end. They almost forget you're still standing on the line. And they go, oh, yeah, all right, we'll take Harry. <laughs> when you're called by Jesus and called to Jesus, it's not like Jesus comes and says, oh, all right, we'll yeah, forget it. Well, Kevin, all right, come on. He calls us to himself, to a family relationship. And friends, there's so many people that do not have that. In fact, maybe you're here this morning and you've never chosen to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You can choose this morning or talk to your friend or whatever. Jesus is calling people today, just like from Scripture, come follow me. And sometimes when you're apprehensive, you've got tons of questions, he says, don't just come and just be blind faith. He says, well, come and see. Check it out. Come to my house. Learn about me. Get around some of my people. That's why you should be inviting people to your small group that don't know Jesus, for goodness sakes. I mean, it, it, let them in on what it's like to be a part of a family, warts and all, right? And he calls people to himself in a precious moment. We had, contrary to being picked last, to play tackle football on a Thanksgiving, there's this picture I have of our gotcha day. You know what a gotcha day is? For those of you who have been around adoption some, we adopted Grace, our, our, our nine-year-old daughter from China, when she was 15 months old. So we did this international adoption. It's quite unique. and got everything lined up, the dossier and all that. And We fly over um, to China, and we decide to take Ryan, who at that time was 11 years old. And so he was with us, did a little sightseeing. We end up in Guangzhou. And 
the bring the babies. We were in a group of, I don't know, what was it, 15, 20 people, and they bring the babies from the orphanages to this hotel, uh, it's a consulate, right? And uh, we're going to receive our babies. It was a pretty big moment. You know, it's one thing to be there at the birth of your kid. It's another thing to be where they're just going to walk in a room and say, here, take her. Ooh, okay. And we hear the babies crying across the hall in the other room, and us, you know, hopeful adoptive parents all gathered in the room, and they just start going down the list. Bowman, we were at the top of the list. I was a little stunned. Like, I was getting out. Like, hey, I was always going to play its way out, check it out. Bowman. And in they walk around the corner, and they give us Grace, Grace Lee Lounge, Bowman. And um, her name was Gabriel, of course. Her middle name was from there. But we um, had an incredible, precious moment of receiving our daughter into our family. Now here's a picture. I, I have a picture. <laughs> we're all crying. It's a joyful moment for mom. Dad's like, yeah, we're getting on with it. And, and Ryan, I, I ask his permission to show this picture, but I, there's nothing more precious than our son's tears. And he, to this very day, has a precious bond with his sister, Grace. But Grace, she's what? She's freaking out. <laughs> ah! And she did not smile for three days. And she smiles all the time. You get a chance to meet her. And, and she's, but can you imagine the trauma of going from the embrace and what's going on in here? You know, and, and, and we know what's ahead of her and we embrace her. And, and sometimes I think, you know, that's sort of the way it is when we come to Jesus. You know, sometimes we actually come kicking and screaming. Oh, no, what's going to happen? But here you're getting into a new family, the family of God. Jesus is calling you to himself. We have this picture, I think maybe it's taken a year ago. For your own personal life, I want you to know this. You are called by Jesus. You are called to Jesus. He's embraced you. That's your Lord and Savior. In the warmth of that hug, of Ryan hugging Grace there, it's, it's depictive to me of what we need to be doing in calling other people to be adopted into the kingdom of God. You're called by Jesus. You're called to Jesus. And as busy as everything gets or as behind as you think you are on the Bible stuff or whatever, forget it. Those are all good things to pursue and we need to have them. And like the scripture memorization for me has been really valuable in getting to know God and have scripture come alive. But don't measure your life. Don't have that on the scoreboard. May you know that you're called by Jesus. You're called to Jesus and never forget that. And when we're out there encouraging others, both demonstrating the presence of Christ and proclaiming the kingdom of Christ, may we know that we're calling them into the presence of his arms. If we're called by Jesus, though, and we're called to Jesus, we probably ought to be really serious about the call to obey. The call to obey. And the call to obey is not what the Lord just lays out in Scripture for us to seek to live holy lives before Him as He lives His life through us. But it's the call to enter into the kingdom's work 
that he called his disciples to. You find this verse later on in John. We have the verse there. I mentioned John 4, which uh, is another depiction of Jesus calling Peter off the water as surely as what the first, uh, as John first chapter did. But John 20, this is after the resurrection. This is after the resurrection, and they're all bunkered in a room. Sort of scared, right? Jesus shows up, and he says this. <laughs> Thankfully, he says this. Peace be with you. Again, picture it. Just as surely as he was baptized and come follow me, fast forward, you know, here he is in this room with his disciples. They're worried, they're scared, they're like, is he really alive? These kinds of things, all the doubt. And he comes to give them peace. I almost want to say that to us as a church here this morning. Transition, both our lives, your lives. Just peace. Can you see the Holy Spirit just coming in and breathing peace in a community like this? And it isn't that chill out, don't worry, you shouldn't have those concerns. No, just peace. Peace be with you. And why is peace with them? Because he's with them. He is peace, the Prince of Peace. He says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know where, I guess, was it uh, with the elders the other night? I forget the the question was what's your favorite um, movie movie scene right and we went around and somehow we got back around to Melissa uh, oh your favorite movie scene was the uh, the Lion King kind of thing where yeah no not either. and so we were all sharing these and um, I shared with them one of my favorite scenes out of Narnia, and I won't share that with you right now, but I'm a big Narnia fan. And um, we talked about our little boy Levi. At that time, Levi was how old? Four or five, okay? He has Down syndrome, right? Levi's 14 now. He's a big freshman, I think. So four or five, he comes up while we're laying in bed, and we had just watched... um, Line which in the wardrobe and Aslan and how Aslan caused the statues to come to life, right? That had been frozen because of what was happening in Narnia. And he gets up and doesn't say a word because he doesn't really speak uh, uh, that well, and, and especially then. And he goes, he just leans over Ryan who was laying in bed with us and goes, <sighs> Here's Aslan. Here's Jesus. Peace be with you. He breathes on us the Holy Spirit and they come alive. And he breathes on us the Holy Spirit to be sent out. I want to obey Jesus. And I foremostly want to obey him when it comes to his commands of what to do be sent out with his power, his presence, and his voice. We're going to close here in a second with this message part with a little exercise. 
and then a worship team's going to come and we're going to engage in worship. But I want you to know that the Spirit of Jesus is here to breathe on you His Holy Spirit to send you out. And a lot of times I think we fail to hear His voice. And so the exercise is just going to be a simple exercise of listening in silent prayer for the voice of Jesus to send you out to know Christ and to make Him known. I had the opportunity this week to be in some of the district meetings for the Christian Missionary Alliance at the district offices here in Temecula. Uh, our district superintendent, Bill Malik, invited me in, and I was able to sit there. And uh, for the first day I was there, and um, uh, he had invited in a gal who heads up all children's ministry for the Christian Missionary Alliance. Her name is Melissa McDonald. And um, Melissa shared with us about the 414 window. Now, you may have had the 1040 window, which is a geographically defined area of the world that's the most unreached for missions. But she says today they're talking a lot about the 414 window, which is not a geographical boundary of latitude. It's the age group of 4 to 14 is the most unreached people group in the world today. Because as the generations move on down and, and there's a loss of Christian faith and the teaching and the passing it on, this, this age grouping of kids is unreached. And she says one of the things that she's trying to do with children and children's ministries across the Christian Missionary Alliance is to get children's ministries not just to teach kids so that they learn, right? That's important. What did you learn today? But more importantly maybe is to experience God so that they can hear from God. And so here we are adults sometimes. We don't know how to hear from God. For Him to show up in our midst and say, Come and see. Come follow me. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I send you. The voice of Jesus in our life. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the voice of God in my life. But there's so many things going on. Busyness, uh, schedules, activities, good things that I don't hear the voice of God. And sometimes the voice of God can speak to you in a large group in the midst of noise. I understand that. But a lot of times we just need some silence to hear, what would you say to me, Jesus? And we go, well, is that me or is that my conscience? Well, I don't know how you get that figured out. But go with what you're starting to hear and you'll learn to dial in to the still small voice, sometimes the loud voice of Jesus speaking into your life, saying, come follow me, be obedient, do this. Go be my presence to this person in your neighborhood. Go proclaim my word of hope to this abandoned individual individual or this individual who's pursuing all the wrong things in life. I want to use you. I am calling you. I am sending you. Here's my voice. He didn't send them out one at a time. He sent them out twos and threes so they could encourage one another. And so he sends us out that way. But before we go, we must learn to experience God, hear his voice, and move with it. So we're going to do that in a second. This is what I've been clinging to for a year. God's been saying, wait. He also said I need to return and at least take my next class in my doctorate program. I don't know if I'll ever finish, but go back to Fuller. I've done that. Got to write a paper when I get home, a long one. <laughs> but I've been clinging to this hymn. It's actually a poem. I want you to listen to this. If it ministers to you, great. If not, maybe Jesus is saying something else to you, that's great. But then I want us to spend just a couple minutes in silence listening to his voice, what he wants us to do. Maybe it's to come to him. Maybe it's to go out for him in a unique way. Listen to his voice. His spirit is here 
this is what has been precious to me in these months of waiting. Live out thy life within me, O Jesus, King of kings. Be thou thyself the answer to all my questioning. Live out thy life within me in all things. Have thy way, I thy transparent medium for thy glory to display. This temple has been yielded and purified of sin. Let thy Shekinah glory now flash forth from within. And all the earth keeps silent. This body henceforth to be thy silent, docile servant, moved only, but as by thee. My members every moment held subject to thy call, ready to have thee use them or not be used at all. Held without restless longing or strain or stress or fret or chaffings at thy dealing or thoughts of vain regret, but restful, calm and pliant, from bend and bias free, permitting thee to settle when thou hast need of me. Live out thy life within me, O Jesus, King of kings, be thou the glorious answer to all my questioning. Will you bow your head and listen to his voice to you this morning? My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. My precious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Jesus, may your voice speak into our life as you call us to yourself to your mission as individuals as families as small group teams and as a church Lord send us out breathing on us the power of your spirit but sending us your voice and your instructions for the hour in your name we pray The worship team is going to come and we're going to engage in worship. I invite you to continue to keep your ears dug out to hear the voice of God. Maybe it's this morning just the embrace of Jesus. I mean, if you want to know Jesus this morning, maybe you came with someone, ask them, let them know, or come up to me afterwards, or maybe someone else. I, I'd be glad to pray with you so that you could be a follower of Jesus. It's an intent of your heart to say, I want to follow him. 
but followers of Jesus this morning, may we be obedient to be the presence of Christ and to proclaim the kingdom of Christ. And may we go forth by listening to his voice. The ushers are going to come to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings this morning, as well as your communication cards, but let's worship together.